hell It's gonna be a great Noel It's the advent calendar house Muffins, black man, smurfs And even Garfield's Halloween We're gonna take a trip down memory Welcome back to the Advent Calendar House, the official holiday podcast for people who put all their color tablets in a single cup of water so they can dye their Easter eggs a radiant shade of charcoal gray. Don't act like you didn't do it, and don't act like you don't know the animal mascots from the Poss Easter Egg Dye Kids by name either. They're the supporting cast of today's Easter special, so let's get things rolling back to 1983 to meet Peter and the Magic Egg. I am rapidly growing magical forest baby Mike Westfall, and joining me is a man who replaced his entire body with robot parts but still can't plow faster than a 12-year-old. Please welcome back Sammy Hain. Hello, Sammy. So you want the intro, then the intro I give. <laughs> well done. The icy watch pot, a lookout for definitely maybe. <laughs> well, there it is. We'll paste that in the end. No, we will not. Uh, and the mysterious shadow of the Easter bunny who never lets anyone see his face. It's Chad Young. Hey, Chad. Hey, Mike. Hey, Sammy. I am happy and happy to be here today, even though oh, these uh, audio things are getting any better. Yeah, we made it. All right. So who else has had this special lodged in the back of their brain for the last 30 or so years? So I can't, I can't say it was 30, but I can t- tell you my first experience with this one. Okay, go. Um, so a number of years ago when my now wife and I were dating in our first year, it was Easter. And I was in this mindset where she had these three kids. I was all anxious to show what a great family guy could be so i showed up for easter weekend with all my easter movies i had all the Rankin bass i had the claymation it was like i'm mr easter and like she's like oh okay great yeah we only have this one over here that we always watch and she had the dvd of this and i was like wow what is this i know these characters i've put these characters on a hundred (laughs) eggs but i have never seen a special with these characters and so I got to have a magical introduction to the magic egg that year. <laughs> Very nice. Chad, how about you? Uh, I'm not going to lie. Uh, I've known about this for maybe. <laughs> Look, it doesn't really matter. Um, but <laughs> I, I knew I kind of knew about it. But at the same time, I had never really sat down to watch it or really know anything about it. Um, so I'm just I'm just. I'm just here for the bunnies. Very nice. That's why I invite you on. It's my motto. Yeah. (laughs) Here for the buns. Put it on a bumper (laughs) sticker. Oh, yes. This is one I remember watching, but I don't think my parents taped it. I just remember watching it. Uh, There are lines and songs from it that I've had stuck in the back of my head for decades From what I could find, it looks like Peter and the Magic Egg debuted in syndication on March 26th, 1983, and then HBO aired it in 1986. So I'm guessing that's when I caught it. Because 83, I was still kind of young. In March 83, I was two, so I wouldn't, I had no memory of that. And I remember (laughs) like buying our first VCR. So it was after that. So HBO probably. But before we peel the shell off this special, let's get to know the company behind the familiar faces we're about to meet as we explore the history history of of us. Founded in 1881 in Newark, New Jersey by drugstore owner William Townley, who originally sold Easter egg dye in packets for five whole cents under the brand name Poss, taken from Postdog, the Dutch word for Easter. The dye was sold as a set of color tablets starting in 1893, and they've barely changed since. (laughs) 
I like the history given to us by one Patton Oswald. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Old man Paz sticking to his guns. I just imagine their founder, some guy named Henry Paz, going, let him go to their little shaking eggs or their Ronco things. They'll come crawling back. We're Paz. My father started this company with one color tablet, and it was white, and we were thankful. <laughs> I think some of that hubris we're going to see as we go forward to this special. Oh, (laughs) yes. Uh, But 90 years later, at the height of cartoon commercialism, we were blessed with this tie-in special written by Romeo Muller of Rankin-Bass fame. Don't think I realized until this year that Romeo Muller wrote this. Uh, It's very, very, very clear to see that he wrote it, just (laughs) given the corniness and all the music. It's very, very clear. Yeah, yeah. I just thought they were trying to ape the style <laughs> in their clear attempt to become the Easter special. Yeah. Um, well, it, it's it's funny because if you look at the production list, um, you know, Fred Wolf, he was uh, the director of this, and of course, he went on to go do you know Ninja Turtles and. Uh, Alvin and the Chipmunks, California Raisins, and like about a million other things. But here's the interesting thing is in 1974, he did something that it wasn't very child-friendly. I don't know if you guys know about it. Mike, you and I may have talked about this. Sammy, I don't know if you know about this one. Do you know where I'm going, Mike? Possibly. So, uh, you know, I was just listening to the American Rabbit one, so I think I know where you're going. That's what, yeah. <laughs> okay. So, so Fred Wolk also directed The Adventures of the American Rabbit, if you he remember did. that episode way back. So, take us there, Chad. He did the Ralph Bakshi Fritz the Cat knockoff, uh, The Down and Dirty Duck, which yep. he did that with Charles Swenson, which, you know, Charles, uh, long story short, Swenson, Mirakami Wolf Studios did a lot. But that was one of their very first ones, and it was not good. It was horrific. It's embarrassing. It's not good. Uh, like I said, though, it was a ripoff of uh, Fritz the Cat, which was you know very popular underground by uh, Ralph Bakshi at the time. And funny enough, the with the exception of Rusty Taylor, the entire uh, voice cast in Peter and the Magic Egg, they were all voice actors on the sequel nine lives of fritz the cat yes and that, and, that, and that one honestly i like nine lives of fritz the cat more but there is a lot of questionable connections going on here yeah it's it's kind of surprising when you see it at first and then when you realize this is a fred wolf joint you realize oh okay you say this was their penance then oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> they just came out of limp <laughs> Yeah, I don't know about that. Because of, <laughs> uh, oof, oof, we'll get to it, but oof. thankfully, the animation style in this more closely resembles Fred Wolf's more child-friendly projects like Strawberry Shortcake and mm-hmm. Puff the Magic Dragon. If you've watched those, there are still some signs that he was kind of, you know, getting into his own. But you can still kind of, yeah. At that time, you know, maybe within the first 15 years of him breaking in, he wasn't the most, how do I put this? His animation was still a little on the crude side here. Yeah, it's still refining it. Yeah, he's he's getting there, but, you know, it definitely wasn't down and dirty duck. I, I think that that's very no, fair. No, no, it's, it's an improvement from that. It, it's a very big yeah. improvement. It's not at American Rabbit levels yet, but that could be a budget issue. Oh, but the character design... But the character design of the of the known Paz mascot characters is spot on. Mm-hmm. I mean, they weren't going to let that go for any less than <laughs> there's no, the Paz no. dynasty to uphold there. <laughs> uh, and we will meet them shortly. We do see them quickly as this special opens on Doppler's egg farm in Pennsylvania, Dutch country. Hmm. Yes, that's right. The Paz mascots have been spending most of their lives living in an Amish paradise. <laughs> uh, oh, nice. Nice one. So for a kid like me, this establishing shot includes these characters I know from punching out of cardboard mm-hmm. boxes every year. Those mm-hmm. horrible stickers. Yeah. The other thing I notice 
on this is because they're just establishing this is very Pennsylvania Dutch and you have the hex signs everywhere on mm-hmm. like store of the town signs and on the roofs, which they're just saying, yes, this is Pennsylvania Dutch. But if you watch a lot of horror movies, you know, if you ever see that <laughs> there's a warlock in town, there's curses. <laughs> That's what a mindset it puts me in. <laughs> uh, you're not wrong. <laughs> But everyone's rushing to hear the story as they refer to it as told by Uncle Amos, a Humpty Dumpty like talking egg in traditional Pennsylvania Dutch hat and outfit. He's even got the neck beard and he's voiced by Ray Bulger, the scarecrow from the Wizard of Oz. (laughs) Humpty Dumpty, I'm not. I'm Uncle Amos, the egg. So you want the story? Then the story I give. Good man. This was one of his last roles. What a way to go. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Died a few years later in 1987. Uh, His last ever roles were this, and as a ghost in a Halloween episode of Different Strokes where Arnold and Danny Cooksey dress up like Ghostbusters and go in a haunted house. Classic. Chad, we're going to go watch this afterwards. (laughs) Yeah, we are. (laughs) Yes, we are. There we go. But first, we got to talk about Easter, and Uncle Amos tells us the story from before these animals learned to speak English or wear clothes. But apparently, they're welcome inside the farmhouse of Papa and Mama Doppler, a couple of poor old farmers. You're being generous in calling this English. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, so Pennsylvania Dutch. Well, all right, so I'm out here on the West Coast, so maybe I don't know, but is this a trait of a Pennsylvania Dutch accent where they talk like Yoda? No, no, <laughs> not at I all. didn't want to jump in not knowing anything. <laughs> not at all. I don't know where they're going. No, Dutch is actually a like it's not a mistranslation, but it's German. They're German. Yeah, it, it would be like a family guy German accent. I feel yeah. like like I, I just, <laughs> it, 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 it just oof. Kingpin's got it right. Yeah. So Papa Doppler is voiced by Bob Holt. But how? From where? For why? There he is. There's a voice we haven't talked about in a while. There's a few voices in American Rabbit. Mm-hmm. Do y'all have a go-to Bob Holt role? Um, well, you know, uh, yes, Nine Lives Fritz the Cat, to be honest. <laughs> but that's really all I know him from. He was like, I think he was God. Um, I, I couldn't tell you a thing that Bob Holt was in. I, and I'm looking at his uh, filmography now, but... My go-to is the Lorax. He was the original mm-hmm. voice of the Lorax. He was the Lorax? Yeah. Oh, wait a minute. It says he was a Mogwai and a Gremlin. He was on... Okay. Yeah, you know, he was Rodney yeah. in, in American Rabbit. He was... I mean, he was the Hulk. Oh, wait a minute. <laughs> he was the Incredible Hulk? Yep, 1982. No. Oh, wow. Yep. How do I not know that? Jeez. Okay. So then don't I feel silly because that was a great cartoon. Uh, whatever. <laughs> uh, and Mama Doppler is Joan Gerber, the original voice of Mrs. Beakley from mm-hmm. DuckTales. That's her. Oh, Papa, don't question when such a wonderment it gives. There she is. Oh, 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 Mike, you're leaving out something. Oh, who else was she? Oh, goodness. Uh... We're going to be here forever, so I'm just going to let you know. Mm-hmm. She was. Yeah. Who are you thinking of? I am because, thinking uh, of Freddie Flu have... from HR Profit stuff. Oh, geez, you're right. She's on the Bugalos and Lidsville, which I am a huge Sid and Marty Croft fan. So um, she's also Mrs. Kelp on the Snorks. On the Snorks. Yes. Mm-hmm. That's what I was thinking of. Mm. It's like, is she a Smurf? No, she's a snork. Mm-hmm. <laughs> eh. It's either one or the other. Uh, and appropriately, she also voices Feathers the Duck and a few other characters we will meet later. Mm-hmm. So the Dopplers didn't have any children, nor did they have much money. So they were in danger of having to sell the farm to an evil steampunk robo farmer (laughs) named Tobias Tin Whiskers, (laughs) who loved the efficiency of machines so much he had his entire body replaced with mechanical parts. So he's this evil tin man looking farmer who's come for the rent. I know he hides somewhere else. 
pay what you owe, or I take um. Okay, so we, we, we just have to throw it out. Uh, you know, Fred Wolf Productions could kind of be on the um, cheap side and uh, in terms of like maybe storytelling and animation. It's, it's very obvious that they used their the, the budget that they were getting from POS very well. <laughs> this is a kind of elaborate and weird story, even for like an early 80s cartoon. Yeah, no, yeah. It is. He gets, we'll, we'll get a little deeper into the backstory later, but we didn't gloss over too much. That's pretty much it. Like, yeah. it, it, there are, yeah, it, uh, but I love it. I love this character. This is ridiculous. And you know what's funny is my, we're watching, so it, as I've mentioned on the podcast before, I will watch the the whatever the subject that we're doing that afternoon or like yeah. maybe a couple hours before so i have it fresh in my mind especially if i haven't seen it i'm watching it and my wife is like kind of just playing switch or whatever and she like looks up and she's like is that where they got the idea for the terminator because <laughs> just, you know like a very uh dime store arnold schwarzenegger and i'm looking at it and i'm like you know this came out like a year and a half or whatever it was before Terminator, there might be something there. <laughs> With a hat and... With a hat, yeah. Beard. Oh, yeah. So Tobias Tin Whiskers is voiced by Robert Ridgely, the voice of Thundar the Barbarian. Mm-hmm. As well as Strawberry Shortcake's nemesis, the peculiar purple pie man from Porcupine <laughs> Peak. Oh, dear gosh, say that ten times fast. You've been lo- waiting all day to say that, huh? He has. Yeah, yeah well, got to test the pop filter, make sure it still works. Uh, he was also a regular in Mel Brooks movies, playing a hangman in both Blazing Saddles and Robin Hood Men in Tights. Here, Robert Ridgely is also the voice of Cotton the Rabbit. You mean the story? Why didn't you say so? Let's go! When I watched this, the only thing that seemed familiar to me was him. That's the only thing that made me think maybe I watched it and forgot about it. And But I don't know if maybe I'm just combining it with some animated Tin Man I saw or something, but like he stands out. He, he does, does, absolutely. Yeah, no, my memory of this before coming back to it was this character and all of the pause characters singing a song that's going to come up pretty soon and live in your brain forever. Well, we need to talk about that when we get to it. So please come back to me so I can. Oh, we will. Because I have a note on it. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I'm sure you guys have the same note, but uh, F it. Well, we'll see. Mm -hmm. Uh, But for now, Uncle Amos explains the Dopplers needed more than help. They needed, quote, a wonderment. Mm-hmm. I hope you like that $5 word because we're about to hear a lot of it. Yep. <laughs> mm-hmm. And Mama and Papa Doppler are blessed with such a wonderment in the form of a baby. Yeah. Ah, such sounds from the hen house inside. A very loud baby yeah. who magically appears in the hen house overnight under a pile of eggs. You know, where babies come from. Yeah. Because this is all about subtlety. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Here's your parenting pro tip of the episode. Leaving a baby <laughs> under a pile of eggs in a hen house is a really great way to not have a baby for very long. <laughs> so, it's, <laughs> so it's essentially, um, you know, this uh, essentially the Superman's uh, origin story, or if you want to go further, obviously that was based off Moses, but uh, we're, we're getting uh, already, we're kind of seeing, you know, uh, this isn't going to be a very subtle to be honest. Oh, no, not at all. No, it's Fred Wolf. No. Uh, <laughs> yeah, well. I said all, it on Twitter. D- giving him power may have been a bad idea. <laughs> <laughs> this is kind of proof. But like you said, like, this is not a lazy plot. Like, we had all, all funny animals and costumes. Mm-hmm. They talk in a farm. They could have easily just had a normal Easter adventure where they're saving farm. But no, we're already pulling into d- biblical references, and mm-hmm. we haven't even gotten in knee deep mm-hmm. yet. So this is- nope. Yeah, no. I mean, it's an Easter special. It's got to come up. <laughs> and for the, re- for the record, it, it, I, I feel like that, and uh, as loosely tied as it is i i feel like that's really the only like quasi-biblical reference that was made in this 
yeah, that's it. Which, yeah, which happens. Yeah, I don't because, get again, that. It's an Easter special. So, no. you have, so all you're getting is dollar store version of it. Mm-hmm. Which I'm sure you could buy this VHS in the in the dollar store, too. <laughs> yeah, right next to your Pass Egg Dine kits. And the Filmation Ghostbusters uh, VHS <laughs> were available in the 90s. There you go. I don't, when mm-hmm. we get further into Peter Pauses or Peter Easter's backstory later, I'll bring up some more of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so right now, mm-hmm. uh, all the Dopplers know about how this baby got here was a note saying, call me Peter Poss, and if you can, love me. No. Uh, <laughs> I would have thrown that note away, and I would have been like, you're on your own. Tell me what to do. Not, not the baby. Who's up, baby? That's it. That's well. That's all they get as an explanation as the special's opening credits begin with Peter Bolger singing a wonderment. Ugh. I sing a wonderment. I sing a cheer. I sing a happiness this time of year. I sing an April morn, a sky so fair. I sing a world reborn and everywhere. Which I I'm assuming, like, this is their way of dancing around the word miracle. Oh, is that what you think? Because there's a couple times they were talking about it. It almost sounds like they're about to say, we need a me, I mean, wonder. Yeah. I feel like that's like a, like a very Romeo Muller word. I feel like I heard it before in something else he did. Like it, maybe it came, maybe Puff the Magic Dragon used it a couple of times or something along those lines. You know, the, the, the thing is he would always do like, he did a lot of the uh, Rankin Bass productions and I, yeah. I feel like at this point, he, you know, and him teaming with Fred Wolf, I'm sure that they were both like, all right, we, we, we can't get religious. We can't get, you know, too biblical. So, you know, uh, let's try and figure out whatever words we can use. And uh, Wonderman came up a lot. I, and I mean, a, like, a lot. Oh, oh, yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah, well, I mean, they sing a whole song about it. Yeah, but if this was like an episode of Pee Wee's Playhouse, you'd see Conky screaming every <laughs> two seconds. <laughs> Conky would blow a gasket by the end of the episode. <laughs> oh, did you just introduce a new segment? <laughs> would have overheated. <laughs> so here I must point out, Romeo Muller wrote the lyrics to all the songs in this special, but the music was composed by Mark Volman and Howard Kalen, better known as Flo and Eddie of the Turtles. Okay. So can we can can, can we also touch on that? Yes. Mm. You know, who, uh, it's going back to uh, Down and Dirty Duck. They were the voices. They were the music in Down and Dirty Duck. So they okay. kind of have a little relationship with uh, Fred Wolf at this point. And I'm assuming he's just kind of <laughs> looking out for his friends, which is admirable. I will say that, but could be. It, um, I, I didn't say good. I just said ad. Hey, you make me question some things about feathers now. Look, someone is going to listen to this podcast, look up Dirty Duck, and I'm going to get blamed for it. Um, tough titty. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought it was funny that the names of the turtles showed up in the credits right over Terrence the turtle's head. Oh. <laughs> They did that on purpose. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Peter Poss, we learn, was no ordinary baby as he grows mm-hmm. a year every month. So nope. in a year's time, he's got the body of a 12-year-old. That is three times faster than Robin Williams in the movie Jack. <laughs> oh, dear. Another movie I hated. You're telling me that this town wasn't screaming witch and coming after this farm? Yeah. With that? <laughs> oh, gosh. You could have tied this into Witch's Night Out if you tried. <laughs> it's all in the snow globe <laughs> but if you remember jack and you don't but it was based on a real aging disorder called werner syndrome but for this special i'll just chalk it up to a wonderment sure. and the now adolescent peter poss is voiced by al eisenman animals and humans are about the same if you close in a name you'd all be folks same as mama and papa doppler uh, who also played another cartoon kid named Pete in the 1970s Godzilla cartoon. Oh. The one with Godzuki. Godzuki. Yeah. Uh, he currently works behind the scenes as a prop master since the late 80s on shows from a different world to Arrested Development to Criminal oh. Minds. Wait a minute, wait a minute, Mike. You're leaving some stuff out. 
Am I? Theodore Rex. Oh, he was in Theodore Duh! Rex! <laughs> I can't believe I left that note out. You're absolutely right. He's in Theodore Rex. Mike, 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 Mike. I'm sorry. All the pieces are coming together. Mm -hmm, (laughs) mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Terrible. Didn't think I was coming back to Theodore Rex after talking about dinosaurs, but here Uh we are. Here we are. Don't you feel silly? (laughs) So in addition to aging rapidly, Peter's also very strong and hardworking and is able to help his adoptive parents keep the farm going. And we learn he has a special bond with animals because as far as he reckons, if they just had clothes and a name, they'd all be folks. And that brings us into our next song to introduce the Poss Gang. Uh, And this (laughs) is the earworm I've been playing in my head every Easter for 35 years. Sure as oaks make acorns and Easter eggs have yolks and animals more than animal like an animal can be folks. Like an overgrown canary with skin between each toe and no vocabulary. Quack, quack is all you know. Today you're really lucky if human ways you choose. A duck is more than ducky with a magic pair of shoes. <laughs> we'll call you feathers. Like it? I mean, I think that's just adorable. Sure as oaks have acorns and Easter eggs have yolks, and animals more than animal-like, an animal can be folks. Which would be a great vegan anthem if the kid didn't work on an egg farm. (laughs) 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 Who wants to go first? All right, so you give them clothes and they can talk we're good (laughs) we so we go through and we get their names cotton the rabbit terrence the turtle feather the duck and then the poor lamb (laughs) terrible (laughs) although the ones get uh, human clothes not only do they dress it as a lamb but they combine two food words to get lolly chop oh poor lolly chop (laughs) And look, we all know what's going to happen on that farm, so. <laughs> oh, dear. So, no, Peter has no problem with the ethical. Mm. Yeah, right? Cotton, you're named after what your butt looks like. Feathers, <laughs> you're named after what your butt looks like. Lolly Chop, you're named after what's going to happen to your butt. Nope. <laughs> oh, Lolly Chop the lamb. Yeah, so, uh, so Peter, during this song, he finds some magic tiny animal clothes out of nowhere mm-hmm. and as each critter puts on an article of clothing they gain the power of human speech sure so lolly chop gets a flower tiara a bell necklace and the very recognizable voice of russie taylor oh what's bothering you now terrence mm-hmm. welcome back russie we miss you mm-hmm. feathers gets a pair of magic boots Cotton gets his trademark overalls and sneakers, and Terrence the Turtle gets a little derby hat with flower and pants. Uh. Terrence is voiced by Charles Wolf. This is no time for a tea party. Uncle Amos is telling the story. Come on, or we'll miss it. Either of you know this guy. Mm-hmm. Okay, what you got? Well, what do you got? <laughs> I got, I know him from Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, as Elvira's Agent Manny. Okay, no, I didn't have them there, so that's one on me. Um, that would have been mine. Wait, what? At the beginning of the Elvira movie, it's her agent, the guy oh. with the glasses. No. He says, you need to contribute some money or... You can't quit. <laughs> oh, then I'm looking up. Yes, okay. Oh, gosh, that is him, isn't it? It sure oh. is. Like, that's his IMDb picture from the uh, from the Elvira movie. Yep, there it is. Oh, boy. Oof. He's Terrence the Turtle. Okay, so I was thinking of someone completely different, but yeah, he there he is. Um, Puff the Magic Dragon, Dorothy in the Land of Oz, uh, Incredible Strength. Oof, this guy is... Uh, okay, all right, continue. God bless him. He had a career. Mm-hmm. Uh, a few other animals get clothes in a name, but only two more get voices. There are a couple of chickens who become Queen Bessie and King Bossy, oh. voiced by Joan Gerber and Charles Wolfe again. Mm-hmm. And they wrap up their song about animals can be folks. When up to the farm stomps Tobias Tin Whisker shouting, Animals can be dinner! Yeah. <laughs> 
I bet you like that line, didn't you, Chad? That sounds like a Chad. I, I mean, well, I, he's not exactly wrong. So, I mean, but <laughs> I think his he was a little aggressive and the way he's, you know, hey, maybe he was, well, robots don't really get hungry, though. What the Flippity chibbit! Because he's doing, going around, he, this, this guy's just delusional. I don't like him. <laughs> yeah, did he, did, does he have a digestive system anymore? No. He's like, the, well, <laughs> he's maybe. Just- He's just Iron Man. We see yeah. this later on. He's just Iron Man. maybe he's like yeah. the great heat where, you know, maybe he just needs to eat other robots. <laughs> <laughs> like the, in the Star Wars droids cartoon. Oh, jeez. Oh. But he sends all our newly christened folks dashing out of there, leaving Peter alone to face Tobias, mm-hmm. who's got a mortgage paper, which apparently states he gets the Doppler's farm if they can't make this year's payment by mm-hmm. Easter. I say, but me got paper, me get far. Yeah, yes. it turns into very like incredible Hulk there, which is good yeah. because we've got Robert Ridgely. <laughs> like for all this hostile takeovers, probably some white collar crime, you mm-hmm. think he'd be able to form a sentence? Yeah, but surprise, kids! It's a timely hit piece about landlords. Yeah. <laughs> oh darn! So wait a minute. So. <laughs> this guy started out as a really intelligent like businessman and all that so did they replace his brain when he got turned into a robot to kind of make him dumb oh i don't know because yeah well here's here's where we get into his backstory peter is very confused about this because you know he's a year old uh, and he asks mama and papa doppler about it and we get the backstory of the farmer farmerly formerly uh, known as Tobias Toot, (laughs) which sadly is a steampunk joke and not a fart joke. Mm. Yeah, but that's as good an explanation for a supervillain origin as any. He should have had a whistle and kept the name. (laughs) Yeah, why not? We're going to go Tin Whiskers or Toot. (laughs) Yeah, but but (laughs) Tobias's origin story might be the most interesting part of this whole special. He inherited a bunch of money, bought himself a tractor, and sold all his neighbors under, mm-hmm. then fell so hard for the idea of machinery being superior to manual labor <laughs> or manual everything, so he replaced his entire body with mechanical parts. Absolutely. Like a human ship of Theseus. Mm-hmm. There he is. Look, everyone, it's the white vision. Remember, oh. in, in, industrial revolution and capitalism is evil, mm-hmm. kids. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Then he straps a plow onto the front of himself and off he goes. It's uh, literal Mr. Plow. <laughs> well, I, and it, it, okay, but you're also leaving out that when he straps the plow on, he kind of runs into the uh, the shed or the barn and he just kind of topples it over. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And leaves it there. And he just leaves it there. Like, uh, it's not his barn. He just wants the land. Well, I think he knows how farming works. Yeah, but you, you know what? You can get some money for all that scrap. Why wouldn't he try to sell? Oh, yeah. Well, probably using all the scrap on himself. Oh, oh. So the Dopplers are heartbroken at the possibility of losing their livelihood. But Peter says he has a plan yeah. and recruits his animal buds to go with him to a place he knows. Oh, OK. A special place. A quiet place, far in the woodland deep. A sleeping place, a quiet place, far in the woodland deep. Awakens but just once a year, its promises to keep. The home of who I guess is Peter's biological mom, the physical embodiment of Mother Nature herself. By Mother Nature, she is known to you. So... Suggesting that she has other names, which opens up whole mythological oh, areas. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I, I don't know if Peter's remembering all of this from when he was a tiny baby or what. I guess it's clearer in his head being only a year ago, but I guess the magic baby from the forest could also form memories as a newborn. Sure. Sure. Yeah. Well, wait a minute. But they establish that he grows at an accelerated rate. Maybe he already had like a fully developed brain. Right. Something. Cause he said huh. when he's, when she sent him away, she left him with this message to return again on the morning before spring. So mm-hmm. he could understand instructions. He could, you, you know, uh, it, it, 
took him a while to get there, but you know, <laughs> I guess. It sounds like he knows to return to this forest before the spring, but it sounds like he was keeping that secret from the Doppler. So I don't know, mm-hmm. but but somehow he he knows he has that imprinted into his mind that all right, I need to go and and need to go back to the forest now. So he and the animals make their way into the woods where what appears to be a falling star lands nearby and transforms into a signed contract mm-hmm. to supply colored eggs to the Easter Bunny. The Easter Bunny had his lawyers draft up. Yes. Well, uh, before we go, to go a little bit f- further on that, okay, just because we were talking about the biblical implications. So we don't know, you know, we don't know what Mother Nature was before her f- family situation, but like... But with what we have, we either he's a divine virgin birth, if it was just something that she magically created. Oh, so we have that coming up or so of the many interpretations of the Easter legends. Don't at me. <laughs> the one of the Easter is named for Astara, goddess of spring, form of mother nature. And oh. where we get the Easter bu- bunny f- from is that in those legends, her consort mate was the fertility god with a rabbit head is that why we don't actually see the easter bunny in this special maybe he's an absent fa- absentee father i don't know no, no he's not he's the one who brings him to the dopplers okay so but i'm saying so either virgin birth or son of the easter bunny and a little column a, a little column a. but that explains why he was left under a pile of eggs yes, silly rabbit where else would he <laughs> Look, is there anything like my rabbits? They're just going to leave a giant pile and mountain of, you know, crap everywhere. So that doesn't <laughs> oh, no. really, it's not too far off from what they normally do. They're just being a little bit nicer. There you go. But yeah, no, we only we only see the Easter Bunny shadow in this, which I kind of like. I like that they mm-hmm. keep it mysterious. Mm-hmm. It is good. As much as I love Easter specials, usually it gets pretty silly once you see like the talking bunny and everything. But by leaving yeah. him off screen, he's like gives him a gravitas. Yeah. You know? It's like, oh, the bunny, he's here somewhere. Which I like better because when I was a kid dying the posse Easter eggs, I thought Cotton was supposed to be the Easter bunny. Mm-hmm. But but I like that they kept the real bunny a mysterious figure we don't even get to see. But apparently he's loaded because everyone seems pretty <laughs> sure he'll have no trouble paying the Dopplers for thousands and thousands and thousands of eggs. And thousands and thousands. Yes. I wonder what currency he pays in. I'm thinking golden eggs, but. Yeah, I don't know. But we. I'm just picturing the bunny just like flipping <laughs> through dollar bills. Mm-hmm. The awesome, pretty much. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes. Everybody has a price. <laughs> And we cut to the initially worried King Bossy the Rooster, who's like thousands and thousands and thousands of eggs, giving a nervous glance off camera. And that's why we have a PG-13 rating now, kids. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, Such an appropriate point to cut to commercial so I can talk to my children. Colored tablet into vinegar and cold water. Then dip a hard boiled egg for a rainbow of beautiful Easter colors. Pops really get things rolling. We grab our egg holders too. A cotton, feathers, and rolling chop. Just to name a few. So pick up a Pa's Easter egg color kit and really get things rolling. And when we return, we see piles and piles and piles of eggs being colored by the animals. Ta da! To their credit, the only instance of egg coloring dye in the whole special. Hey, yeah, I thought there'd be more of that. Yeah, that's true. You would have expected more. You think they'd be like, turn into the camera going, well, fortunately, we have these. Hey, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) They should have used like the little wires with the hexagon (laughs) at the bottom. Lowering them in. (laughs) Uh, They're all piled up into what looks like a hundred foot high column outside the barn. We see the Easter Bunny shadow loom over the pile and then both just 
fade out as Uncle Amos simply explains the Easter Bunny spirited them away to the four corners of the world. You just said Amos, and Mm -hmm. I I was just wondering, did Peter give Amos clothes and bring him to life too? I Yeah, I don't know. Because that's weird. I don't know. I'm going to bring you to life and leave the life growing inside of you in purgatory like mm-hmm. oh dear that didn't work here here have a hat yeah. you're talking egg now <laughs> you're good there you go growing Sorry, that beard. That just hit me. yeah no that is weird but easter morning arrives everyone seems happy they all go to breakfast and then peter decides you know what this easter's missing to quote our good friend tom turkey a nice play no, no. Not tom turkey <laughs> so he builds a stage in the barnyard and all the animals reprise their animals can be folk song okay i just need to kind of interrupt you and pause you for a second you know that thing where animators will uh kind of try and find a way to fill time and kind of cut corners so they'll reuse uh previous scenes or frames or uh, segments. Yep, they reused mm-hmm. the whole dance number. Three times. Yeah. Three times. And it's not even like... Here's a creepy close-up of Cotton dancing. Holy. <laughs> oh my gosh. It, it's like... Uh... People give Disney a hard time like reusing animation frames but everybody does it no i know hey no filmation was notorious their entire production they probably only had like maybe four actual you know four fresh scenes that they actually created and they probably just spread it out to about 150 episodes <laughs> i get that but it's just like oh my gosh how, I, I, this is crammed into a 22 minute cartoon it's clever when it's done well. But this was not done well. <laughs> there she was very yep. obvious. And it's just that song again. Oh, and, <laughs> and all that noise, 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 noise <laughs> brings Tobias Tin Whiskers back around, <sighs> expecting to take over the Doppler's farm, only for Peter to cheerfully hand him a big old bag of cash. Well, he stopped the song, so I, he's the hero of the show now. I yeah. <laughs> there you go. Uh, and at first, Tobias is dumbfounded at how they were able to come up with the money. And Peter just up and tells him, we got an egg contract. <laughs> he doesn't actually say it's with the Easter Bunny, but it's enough for Tobias to jealously challenge Peter to a plowing contest okay. the following morning in Tobias's South 40. <laughs> And this city slicker had to look up that one. Are y'all familiar with the term South 40? No. Mm. And I'm from, well, borderline, I guess, South, but no. So maybe like 40 acres? Yes. So the Homestead Act of 1862 granted 160 acres of land to anyone willing to farm it for at least five years. Divide those 160 acres into four squares of 40, and the so-called South 40 referred to the uh, remote or uncultivated section of a farm, a spot ripe for plowing. Sure, sure. Or so it ought to be, but Tobias Tin Whiskers' South 40 was the unkept remains of that old farm where he had knocked down the barn and taken it over. Mm-hmm. Among its features is a hundred-foot-deep old well that Tobias covers up with sticks and soil before the plowing contest. Sure. And wouldn't you know it, Peter the Incredible Growing Baby plows <laughs> faster than the angry Tin Man at first until, well, the well. Yeah. Falls right in. And there he goes from white collar crime to attempted child murder. Yep. And Uncle Amos sadly tells us about how the Dopplers and their neighbors pulled Peter out of there and found him in what I will describe as a coma. They don't call it that. They just say he's got a heartbeat, but he won't wake up. Duke's in a coma. (laughs) Sleeps all through summer, fall, and winter, and oh no, here comes spring, Mm -hmm. and Peter's still asleep and can't go to the forest, but his animal buddies can, so they sadly march into the woods to find Mother Nature waiting for them, just, oh, hey, y'all, 
And of course, she's got what she says will cure Peter's sleep right there. Well, why didn't you bring that earlier? <laughs> yeah. Very unconcerned with her son's coma. Is she not allowed to leave the forest? She's Mother Nature. Yeah, but nature is in the forest. Nature exists outside a clump of trees. But, Can she not? But what? But the house and the barn and the farm. All man-made. Oh, can she not go near farms because they're man-made? No, I don't think the. I, I think she only can control what she created, and I'm guessing like anything that is, you know, produced by man. I don't think she can go. Near. Okay, that's my guess. I would say nature is all about seasons, especially in these holiday specials. Right. So she can do this, but it has to be with the Easter magic of resurrection ah. and new life. This is what she's tapping into. To- it, it could be a little of both. I do like where Chad's going, mm-hmm. though, because otherwise it's a weird move to just wait around like that. And you know what? I didn't even really think about it. That's, that's somewhat uh, loosely biblical, too, because there was the... Uh, Whatever belongs to God belongs to God. Whatever belongs to Caesar belongs to Caesar. And oh, yeah. that's kind of where it's kind of leading me to think. Like, and honestly, this is just the more we talk about it. And I, I didn't really catch this until you brought it up, Mike. But like, that's kind of where my mind is going. Like, that that seems kind of kind of biblical. I don't know. Yeah. I'm also thinking a line from the song. He said that that place in the woods appeared only once each year. So maybe that's her chance oh. to take human form. Yeah, so right. It is spring now. So yes. now she can come and. Oh, like the portal to Mother Nature's magical forest is open. She's like death from the endless. <laughs> yes. <Yep>. Yeah. <laughs> so the cure for Peter's sleep, of course, is an egg. Mm-hmm. A plain looking egg at that. It's a free range brown kind. Ugly looking egg which are now the only kind of eggs my kids will eat. So that's what we're dying this year. We'll see how the colors turn out. <laughs> Good luck with that. <laughs> It'll be a true test of Pasa's magic. It's going to look like pig pen from uh, Charlie Brown. There <laughs> you go. Now it's the ones you shake with the glitter. So. Oh, shake an egg. Yeah. We could do that. We have glitter in bags. <laughs> Done. Uh, So it's Joan Gerber again doing the voice of Mother Nature who explains when the egg hatches. That which bursts from inside will awaken him. What's inside, ma'am? You will see only when it hatches. Or what? That's what she said. I know, but Uh, what? (laughs) We'll find out, I guess. Okay. And Cotton decides the egg is too important to entrust to the hens. Yep. Right. Which... Forget the professionals. Sit yeah. down, Cotton. Mansplaining the eggs to the chickens. <laughs> so he turns to Feathers, who says, You're right, we'll hatch it ourselves. And both boys of the group, Cotton and Terrence, make a worried face like, What do you mean, we? Yeah, I was going to say, What is this we nonsense? Who's, who's cleaning this mess off? We ain't ready to hatch no baby. Oh. I love how quick Feathers was with that. She knew where this was going. And she, ah, uh-uh. <laughs> All right. Nope. nope. Uh, but they do it for Peter. The four of them take shifts, sitting mm-hmm. on the egg, under the kitchen table inside the Doppler's house. I guess safe enough away to not accidentally get kicked. And it's Lolly Chop the Lamb who first feels the egg kick a little, and that leads us into a song about we got an egg and nobody knows whatever is inside of it. Inside every apple is an apple core. In every pretty peach is a pet. But we got an egg and nobody knows whatever is inside of it. We got an egg. Mike, do you remember how how I was telling you uh, when we did? Um, I've already forgotten the name of it. What was the Thanksgiving episode we did? It was just called a Thanksgiving tale. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you're, Mike. You know that I just whenever I see a musical number coming, I just <laughs> my stomach starts doing cartwheels. This this was just nonstop. It was just like if if I could get more nauseous, then I would need to be taken to the hospital because. Oh, the 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 amount of songs in this is just like holy cow! Like what? 
Why? That's branding. If you want to become the new Rudolph, you want you're trying to throw out these songs that are going to be sung from coast to coast. They got the turtles to write this. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but but during the song, they all take turns guessing. Do you guys have a favorite guess as to uh, what's inside the egg? Oh, so because I love Easter specials, one of the things I grade them on is how much they try and tie things into Santa. (laughs) Most do. So I appreciate that the only mention of Santa in this is, hey, maybe one of Santa's elves is inside. That would be nice. Sure. No, no, it's not. Mm -mm. I like, it's got to be the wizard for me. They think a wizard might be in the egg. You know, how they're always being born out of eggs. (laughs) The wizard? Yes, tiny baby Luke Edwards is in the egg. <laughs> yes, it's just a giant VHS of the wizard. I love this idea. Because <laughs> I was like, California. Oh, gosh. It's California well, Dutch. If someone hasn't done that yet, I, I am begging them to do that. Do it. Hi, Luke. <laughs> yeah, he, he listens to the podcast. Oh, for sure. No. Uh well, it's now the day before Easter, and Papa Doppler calls for the animals to help him get the eggs ready for the Easter Bunny, because he sure hasn't done this before. Nope. And the gang leave Lolly Chop to cover their egg while they get to work. And after they're done, it's Terrence's turn to sit on the egg, and of course he's all tuckered out, so he falls asleep. And that's when Tobias Tin Whisker sneaks into the Doppler's farmhouse with pillows tied to his feet. Smart. Because I guess socks wouldn't have the same effect and also don't come in his size. (laughs) You know, these these animals are are, are going to extreme lengths to save a kid that's, for all intents and purposes, probably going to turn them into food and sell them for like a dollar (laughs) a pound at the market. No, but no, not those animals. He gave yeah. those animals clothes. You give them clothes, you can't sell them yeah. for food. Well, uh, we don't know. We didn't get. You have the Goofies and you have the Plutos. It's you two can... different. <laughs> yes. But we didn't get it. We didn't get a staple. Oh, dear. Well, we didn't. I, 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 no. I mean. The only pos mascot left is Feathers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They uh, they replaced all the others. They still have a bunny, but it's not cotton. Mm-hmm. They named it Paws, Paws. <laughs> which P A W S P A W S. Boo! Because I'm assuming that once their Easter Messiah didn't work out well, they wanted they wanted to keep that name in the cycle. So here it is. Yeah, I, I'm just of the mind. That this guy just had bad intentions. So, but you were talking about um, them working so hard to save Peter, and both the animals and Tizen Whiskers, they say repeatedly, we need Peter to wake up to save the farm. Why? Exactly. Because he, uh, the parents were old. Yeah, they're old. And they couldn't do anything. And Peter all of a sudden came to save the day. That's fine. But so it's Easter. They have the eggs. Mm-hmm. They have the contract. Now I get, okay, they want to save their friend for altruistic reasons. That's great. But when Tin Whiskers comes in, it's like, I'm going to steal this egg and then I'll get the farm. That's not how a contract works. Well, Unless it's like the Easter Bunny makes out the a check to Peter's name and only he can cash it. Bunny's not there yet. He was probably getting ready to get the other eggs or something. But listen. I, I can tell you right now, rabbits would let you die before they ever <laughs> put themselves at risk. This is complete nonsense. I have, listen. The Easter Bunny looks out for one person, the Easter Bunny. <laughs> he does. <laughs> yes, he does. Oh. All I'm saying is Tin Whiskers would have been better off smashing the eggs that he's oh, going to no. Well, he almost <laughs> makes it out of there with this egg. But again, yeah. we see the creepy shadow of the Easter Bunny arrive and mm-hmm. send Tobias running to try to escape. But he runs smack into the chicken coop and wakes up all the chickens. <sighs> King Bossy must still be loopy from helping make all those eggs. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. he forgets how to wake everyone up for a second before Queen Bessie reminds him to say cock-a-doodle-doo, dear. He's got the egg. What do we do? Wake everyone. Huh? Say cock-a-doodle-doo, dear. Oh, yes, yes. Uh... Cock-a-doodle-doo. <laughs> 
So he wakes up the Dopplers and the animals who all go running after Tobias. And the dumb old robot isn't watching where he's running. And now he falls into his own well. Sure. Well, victim of circumstance. And we're sending our lug nuts down the well. Sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, Ooh, nice Simpsons reference. Yeah, well, mm-hmm. and it's appropriate because Papa Doppler is about to step on a rake trying to catch the egg. <laughs> <laughs> because as Tobias falls down the well, he sends the egg flying. So now it's a scramble scene to catch it and prevent it from being another kind of scramble. A lot of, I got it, I got it, and both Cotton and Terrence fumble the egg, which softens the blow of its fall, but it still starts to hatch right then and there into a wacky green kooky bird. Woohoo! This must be the place! <laughs> Yay! Jar Jar's here, great! <laughs> Basically, how you feel about musical numbers is how I feel about wacky characters. Yes, it's, oh. it's a, a, they call it a kooky bird. He's wearing pants and clown shoes right out of the egg and suspenders and a tacky necktie. <laughs> and if you thought Peter grew quickly, the bird already appears <laughs> to be fully grown and already telling dad jokes. Great day for the race. What race? The human race. <laughs> mm-hmm. It says, this must be the place. So I think these eggs are just like a teleport for previously existing. They're they're a gateway of some sort. (laughs) sort. From Orc. Oh. It's a spaceship. Great day for a race. What race? The The human human race. race. Oh, it's Bob Holt's voice again doing the kooky bird. Uh, and these dad jokes are enough to make everyone start laughing, and the laughter is loud enough to wake Peter from his coma. That's it. All it took was a couple of bad jokes this whole time. <laughs> That's all. And that was the lesson. They were all so sad about their friend being sick that they didn't laugh and cure him. So don't nope. be sad about your friend. Yes, laughter is the best medicine. Yeah. Well, I would be I would be more satisfied if they were laughing at him. No, oh, dear. <laughs> that would just make me so happy. It, oh. This kooky bird seems like he wouldn't mind either way. No. But as Uncle Amos explains it, Tobias Tin Whiskers somehow laughed himself up from the bottom of a well. How'd that work? Uh, he's very manic present. <laughs> <laughs> oh. We're learning so much today. Uh-huh. But of course, the super special kooky bird jokes make Tin Whiskers' heart grow three sizes and come <laughs> bursting out of his tin shell and give everyone their farms back. All right. So he, he, he gives them all back. Now he's poor. And so now he works for the people. Uh, yeah, including his own farm, I guess, because uh, Tobias Toot comes to work for the Dopplers. So Peter can leave because we're told he was called by Mother Nature to help other folks in need. Yes. His planet needs him. Easter, he resurrects, and then he ascends to go be with the divine again. And then he's gone. Yeah. Wow. But not before one last literal sign of good old name brand recognition as the former Tin Town is renamed Pawsville. (laughs) Mm Mm-hmm. We're pause. Make him remember. <laughs> pause. And Uncle Amos sings us a wonderment out of there. And what I'm singing now, you can sing too. Let's sing a wonderment for me and you. And that's it. We made it. Uh, <laughs> a short, sweet Easter special that for some reason I will never forget. Mm-mm. Oh, diet. Yeah. I wish. <laughs> so, what do you think? How many stars do you give this? Oh, I'm not much of a star reader. Uh, <laughs> a solid two and a half out of five. Yeah. You know what? Wait a minute. Wait a minute. We need to go back. The, okay. it, 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 how many Easter eggs? No. Ah. We're not. We're not doing that, Dave Meltzer uh, BS. No. <laughs> All right. Match. Okay, um, two creams, half a caramel. <laughs> I don't know what it is. I, I, I wasn't a fan of this one, so I give it absolutely negative 57,000. <laughs> oh, <dear. laughs> 
Just a pile of rotten eggs. Oh, gosh, yes. A pile of rotten eggs. I like that. This wasn't as bad as, like, say, uh, the Thanksgiving one, which you had brought up maybe 20 minutes ago, and I've already forgotten the name. <laughs> but it, 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 it's still... I, I can kind of see why it's kind of gone under the radar for so many people. And, like, it's not really mentioned. Yeah, my wife bought it out of the dollar bin at Best Buy. It's over there. But I have to say, I ad- even if I don't enjoy it, I admire it. Yeah. Like I said, they could have gone for a cookie cutter cookie cutter plot and they just really seemed that you know you forget santa we're gonna have peter easter here we're gonna give him biblical tie-ins pagan tie-ins this is gonna be easter and i Mm. don't think it turned out that well but i like that they shot their shot and also here are your friends from pos who aren't even the main characters Mm -hmm. Uh, it was a short 24 minutes it gets in and out very quickly but i can't imagine it being any better if we lingered on any piece of it it's the right length for what it is and again it's certainly memorable enough that i can't get it out of my head (laughs) but thank you both for hopping down this memory trail with me thank you anything to extend my easter celebration there you go Mm, see there you go this special is pretty easy to find online. I didn't find a copy with actual commercials, sadly, but I did find an upload of the entire VHS with something else. Really? What was all, what else? Was all, I, I it, just previews. It, no, it was just previews of stuff at the in oh. the end, and then they tacked stuff to the oh. end of it to get through the runtime. Oh, yeah, my DVD. That's all it has is previews of Puff the Magic Dragon. Yeah, oh, was, yeah. So it was like a celebrity home video where they put all the previews at the end. No, they had them at the beginning. Yeah. They had them at the... I see the version I watched. They, there were two versions I found. I, I couldn't find anything anywhere in. Huh. So, but, I, must, I don't know. Whatever. Uh, but to find this one, if you haven't watched it, and, you, and, and if you haven't, it's been a while, it's worth another watch. Maybe. But... <laughs> maybe. So if people want to challenge you to a plowing contest on their unkept South 40s, where can they find you on the internet, Sammy? Well, you can find me at Sammy Hain on Twitter and with the hashtag Easter Sammy if you want to get all my up-to-the-minute Easter coverage that I do every year. Please do that. And Chad? Uh, Well, first, uh, I, uh, listen, I... I I'm going to kind of just do this for a quick second. If you're listening, um, since we are talking about Easter, and I know that you're dropping this in July, stop giving rabbits as Easter presents to kids. Oh, yeah. 100% don't do not do that. No, do your research. Uh, do not set them free. Domestic rabbits will die in the wild. And quite frankly, most rabbits, if not all, that are given as Easter gifts, uh, usually die or are given back to um, rescues within a couple months. So stop it, knock it off, do your research as to why rabbits are not just some easy pet. That said, um, you can find me at horrormoviebarbecue.com and across all social media at horrormoviebarbecue. Yes, Chad is a very responsible bunny dad. He knows what he's talking about. Thank you. Go to a petting farm like normal people. Well, yes. Okay. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> get a plush rabbit. Get some rabbit yes. action figures. Right. There's lots yeah. of options. Get, get a There's... chocolate bunny for your kids or right. a plush bunny. Do not buy a real dog. Yes. Pets are like kids. You got to take care of them the right way. Yeah. And I am on Twitter at Fall West Mike and Advent Cal House. You can find show notes and links at adventcalendar.house. And that wraps up another Easter in July special. And hey, thanks. Oh, thank you, guys. Thank you. And we switch back to Christmas in July in just a couple of days. Until then, for Chad Young and Sammy Hain, live and incubating under my kitchen table, which sure beats the unseen bottom of a hundred foot well. This is Mike Westfall reminding you to mind the icy patch and watch your step. Good night. Gobble, gobble. Wait, I don't think that's the wrong one. Yeah, that's the last one. Whatever is inside.
And now, these messages. Love. Family. Traditions. Presents. Pumpkins. Fireworks. Santa Claus. All make you think of holidays, right? Well, what about murder? Heartbreak? Gangsters? And witchcraft? Still thinking about holidays? Beginning this February, I will take you on a journey to the lesser-known sides of the holidays. The sides history might try to forget. The celebrations that you might not be familiar with. Oh, and don't worry. I'll be sprinkling in some elements of normal holiday traditions, too. After all, even those of us with the dark sides still have a special place in our hearts for the Easter Bunny, Valentine's Candy, cute jack-o'-lanterns and ghosts, and of course, all things merry and bright. Let's uncover and celebrate the strange and unusual together. I'm your host, Kristen, and this is Holidays After Dark. Next time on the Advent Calendar House... Bucky Brewster gets into the holiday spirit. I can't wait till Christmas. I wish it was today. Will her Christmas wish come true? It's a very special hour of Punky Brewster. 